handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I am your host, J.L. Covan. It is 6 p.m. on Sunday, October 17th, in the year of our Lord, 2021. Doing this Sunday night, because Monday, as always, I've decided Mondays, for the most part, especially with uh, legal work kicking back up, uh, very busy. Don't want to have to, because what happens is if I take a lunch break now, I don't want to go back to work. So I'll do like four hours of work, do the Righteous Prick Podcast, and then go... Uh, could go for a movie right now, and I'll just work right up until making podcasts great again. And then I go, oh wait, I didn't go to the work uh, to work out. And then I work out, and I'm like, okay, I've done five hours of my like nine hours required, uh, and it's now nine o'clock. I guess I'll take a half day. <laughs> so better to do it now before I go to the gym and get swole for an hour right before uh, a live episode of making podcasts great again. So. Uh, the work never stops, the rewards never begin, and the joy never materializes. That was like my version of uh, T- Ted Kennedy's speech in 1980. And the dream never dies. That my, my, mine is, <laughs> comedy goes on, joy never materializes, and the dream never lives. Uh, that's, once again, something for all my older listeners who can appreciate uh, the melding of uh, old political references, mediocre impressions, and uh, self-deprecating humor. So to all seven of you, you're welcome, and thank you for listening. Um, I am six days away from the recording of Half Blackface, and if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't received an email from the Triad Theater and you haven't seen a tweet from me on Twitter an Instagram post from me on Instagram, or a Facebook post from me on Facebook. Congratulations, you are uh, just one of the many manifestations of how the internet is no longer assisting my career, and in fact is murdering it. Um, But if you're listening to this now, because I've done all of those things, Um, the theater sent out notices. I sent out uh, every notice to every platform I could. I'm sending out another newsletter this week. Uh, highlighting this, but there is uh, there are not, not two shows. And it's also one of those funny tells where you're like, oh, okay, so uh, so most of my fans don't listen to this show either. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, so six days away from the biggest show of my career, and uh, in many ways probably the finale. It's not the, it's not the season finale, you know, but this is like the character you love uh, dies off. And then the show, like, continues for another three episodes, but... Um, you know, I got my West coast trip. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to, I keep trying to get booked in various cities. I'm not going to lament this. I want to make this a short episode, but the point is, um, you know, I'm, I I don't, I don't want to fight, uh, city hall anymore. I don't want to fight Twitter algorithms or, uh, fans who don't really give a shit about stand up or get jokes or, or, or anything beyond just distracted people who found something that, uh, cured 
their depressed boredom for a couple of months in 2020. Um, so I don't, I don't want to fight this fight anymore with, with comedy, trying to sort of prove that I'm great and prove that like I belong in a higher station and, and deserve representation. It's a it deserve whatever, who gives a fuck? It's not happening. So we are six days from half blackface. Probably the, you know, there's a good likelihood that that's my last marker of my career, of my stand-up career. Uh, so I have to, I want to make it the greatest one I've ever left. So at least when the career is over, I can just sort of say, well, I don't have to question my effort. I don't have to, I, I don't have to live with that regret. I can always say I gave everything I had. I think I produced a shit, a, a fucking metric ton of good stuff. And now it's time to figure out what, what, what makes me happy? What can, what can, uh, you know, what can replace, um, comedy, which stepped in when I should have just gone and become a teacher after college. Uh, instead I went to law school cause that was more quote unquote legit and, uh, more prestigious and, you know, that quickly un- unwound and I found comedy as a way to deal with that depression and comedy has taken me to depths, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, comedy and Jewish women have taken me to depths that I never really foresaw in my life. <laughs> That's just some callback humor to people who've enjoyed my albums. You'll know, uh, you'll, there, there are only, there are only, uh, really two, two albums in my, uh, anthology, uh, that feature, uh, stories about really traumatic relationships. So, um, yeah, so so it's time to uh, figure out uh, what to do, but but I'm 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 still in it to win it. So uh, I'm very uh, nervous and stressed and excited for um, Saturday, and it's at eight p.m. There is not a seven and a nine thirty. Sh- there are no seven and nine thirty shows because if I had a seven and nine thirty show, I would be spend- spending this entire week wondering how can I get up to a hundred tickets sold for each show so that the recording looks good. Uh, and I didn't want to be stressed over that. I would, I would rather focus on the material and pray and hope that I crush the one shot that I have at this v- rather than be bitter and stressed beyond the material just be to be stressed about oh fuck this is gonna suck it's not gonna look full it's gonna be fucking quiet fuck 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 um so i canceled the two shows and uh like i said a few like a month or two ago when i was contemplating doing that i said that's gonna be hard to recover from that in your own hometown you can't sell you can't sell tickets in the biggest media market in the world a year removed from being uh, a very big comedy story um that's, that's, that's just, that's a, that's a rejection. Um, whether, whether intentional or just simply, uh, a commission or omission, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that's very difficult to, to, to live down. I, you know, I sold more tickets in 2006, uh, for my first album recording. I sold 140 tickets. They had to turn people away. Um, because they had, well, no, I'm sorry. I sold it out and they had to turn people away who showed up. Um, and that was for my first album, which was, you know, a, an ambitious, good effort from a third year comedian for sure. But you know, whatever it has, it has definite merit, but it's, it's no masterpiece. Um, and then we fast forward 15 years later, we're doing album number seven, special number one. And, uh, we, we didn't quite match the enthusiasm that a third year comedian had. Now, for all the friends I've lost, relationships I've frayed, I thought that might have been made up by fans. <laughs> but it wasn't. So fuck it. Here we go. Blaze of glory. Let's go out. Let's go out. Uh, not on top, certainly, but with a top-notch effort. Um, so that's 8 p.m. on, uh, on, on um, Saturday, October 23rd. I will do a Righteous Prick episode next week. I'll give you the, the blow-by-blow. Um, probably best case scenario. I tell you that it was one of the greatest shows, if not the greatest shows of my life. And, uh, so what that's the best case scenario is that I go 10 out of 10 degree of difficulty, 10 go 10 out of 10 perfect score on a perfect degree of difficulty. And then it settles in after the high fades by Monday that I go, yeah, but it's probably not, they're probably not going to make a good effort to sell it. 
it won't sell. It'll be on like some some bland platform with like no extra promotion behind it. And uh, and that's how it'll go. It'll go out with a whimper. The career that has taken uh, my adult life to to form, nurture, power through, uh, will go out with a with a whimper, having made a little mark. And the reason I say that is, there's people out there who go, I appreciate what you did, but it's like, but but, but you know, I appreciate a fucking sunset. I don't I don't go see it live though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what the what the comparison is. It's like, you know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Um, I have one more chance to do it, but up until this point, even 2020 didn't do it. Didn't, didn't, didn't get any industry interested. Didn't get fans that want to buy tickets. Didn't get, uh, Twitter to sort of stop fucking me over. Like I'm Donald Trump himself. So there it is. And now I have to do the work for my own mental health of, of just saying, okay, I have to start removing myself consciously from comedy, from the emotional toll, the effort. I have to, I have to, you know, just sort of fucking crush Saturday and, you know, do a few shows for fun, but barring a miracle, because what's, what the truth is, 2020 was the comedy miracle I'd been asking for. I know it was a fucking nightmare for everybody, including me and for much more serious reasons than, uh, you know, work stress, but that was it. That was the, fu- that was the fucking hail Mary comedian decides to basically shelve his comedy career and then becomes a national star for a couple of months based on his comedy work. Some, a specific set of his comedy work. That was the miracle. That was the hail Mary and it fucking worked and it led to nothing beyond like an isolated period of success, fame, and money, it, it had no legs. And I can't believe it. I feel like it was like a, a reverse miracle. It was like only JL could actually watch this incredible one in a million comedy event and then have it turn to the point where he's in some metrics below where he was in 2019. So what else, what else should I do? Right. It's, it's, I just, I'm not, I'm trying to talk myself into being convinced because I know this is going to be very difficult and painful, but when it comes down to it, most people don't give a shit about my comedy. So why would they give a shit about me quitting comedy? You know? So, um, Saturday going to be a big one. And then I obviously have my shows. I'm taking my trip out West. I think that'll be the farewell tour, you know? Um, if I can get anybody else besides the one club in LA to reply to my emails. Uh, so it could be a one, a one week, one show farewell tour, which I think would be fitting. I think we can all agree that that would be the kind of hilarious tragedy that I could then turn into a a darkly, darkly humorous blog post that 39 people would read. So it was nice when my algorithm was hitting, though, with Twitter, because I remember I posted a couple blogs and they had like thousands of readers. And I was like, sweet, I guess that's what happens when you have thousands of followers. And now when I post a blog, it's like that got 98 reads. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's. We need one more miracle, but maybe maybe the maybe comedy miracles shouldn't be wasted on me. Um, you know, if I if I sell a special to Netflix or Showtime maybe that's a waste. Like maybe there's somebody whose career won't instantly turn that into a black hole of despair and, and cancer or like metaphorically, um, you know? So maybe it's selfish to be like, please let this one last thing. Why? This is like my comedy career selling a special would be like giving a kidney to giving a kidney transplant to a guy who just got shot in the head five times. It's like, eh, not sure this is the best usage of this uh, comedy special kidney because this guy's uh, bleeding profusely from the head. Not afraid of turning your career into a JFK assassination. Uh, okay, so let's move on. I have a soccer update, which is kind of funny. Uh, and, of course, my trip to Belmore, Long Island, I have to report on because I didn't write a blog for it. I figured I'd just save it for the podcast. Um, youth soccer update. Oh, my right foot fell apart, uh, fell asleep, fell apart. Yeah, well, it's doing that too. 
my right foot fell asleep. I think it's because I'm a big fat fuck who's, even though I'm now 45 pounds down from, uh, from three and a half months ago, uh, I feel like the circulation is poor in my body. So I don't, I don't know how long I have on this earth, folks. I don't know. Isn't it scary to think? Like, I, I have these, like, fe- fears of mortality all the time. I'm just like, oh, my foot f- keeps falling asleep. So I guess it doesn't matter if I lose weight and get in shape. My circulation is fading because I'm a tall piece of shit. And, uh, you know, so it's good. It's, it feels good when your foot goes numb because you can't just sit in a chair comfortably for a while. Um, but it was worth all those uh, women coming up to me at bars saying, how tall are you? It was all worth it to be this height and to just cut decades off of my life. So, Lord, while you're at it with my comedy prayer, I also want to thank you for, um, you know, giving me uh, NBA height, uh, Netflix comedy talent with a Division three game and a career that uh, was dead on arrival. So thank you. In Joel Osteen's name, we pray. Um, let's see. Soccer. So my nephew was telling me, and this is very funny, a follow-up to... Oh, by the way, if you're somebody who doesn't subscribe or follow the podcast and you just kind of click when I post it on social media, there was a new episode. There was a bonus episode I just threw up um, last... I want to say Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday night. It was a very funny episode. Um, so listen to that. Uh, if you if you missed it, uh, you should listen to it. And then you should, uh, you know, follow on Spotify or or Apple or, uh, yeah, you know, just so you get the or Podomatics, just so you get the uh, the alerts. And I, I do recommend people follow on Podomatic. The link is on my website because sometimes we've been having issues sometimes with Spotify and or Apple in terms of like getting loaded up quickly or transferring to their sites the way it's supposed to kind of do seamlessly. But Podomatic always works. So it's just an easy way of like making sure, you know, but but do what you want to do. Um, but he told me that um, numerous teammates of his, this is actually a follow-up to both stories, the two soccer stories I've told so far. I'll start with the first one, Del Barton, which was the, you know, that was the Pine Barons youth soccer, uh, episode. That was the campus that was 95 miles wide. And just, I was flipping out the whole, the whole day. Um, apparently Seton Hall prep, my nephew's school was playing football game there and they won. And then they were celebrating after and the bleachers collapsed and broke a kid. Like one of the players on Seton Hall prep, his leg got broken from the collapsing bleacher. So that sounds scary and painful, but part of me was just like, I hope that kid sues them for so much fucking money that they have to downsize their campus. So I am rooting so hard for that. I mean, obviously he's going to sue. I mean, he's going to sue them and get a lot of money, pain, suffering, fear. But also, I hope he sues them and gets so much money and punitive damages that they announce. We have now at Del Barton had to reduce our school size to that of just a uh, a vulgar, expensive private school and not the kind of private school that an oil shake in the Middle East would build for their fifth wives, four sons. So thoughts and prayers for that kid and more importantly than that kid and his injuries, uh, thoughts and prayers for Del Barton paying an enormous, painful amount of money that forces their campus to be uh, less of a gluttonous annoying piece of shit. So that's the follow-up for Del Barton School in Morristown, New Jersey, where I'll be, by the way, Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, at, well, it's on, the, it's on my website, but tickets are for sale now. They're cheaper if you buy them in advance, um, but that'll be one of my few warm-up shows left before um, Saturday. So get your tickets to that if you're anywhere, if you're uh, – I don't know. I don't know how many of you are in Jersey. I don't know where any of you are, to be honest. Um, But if that sounds of interest to you, then by all means, please come see me in Morristown, New Jersey. Uh, There's a great steakhouse near the place called Roots Steakhouse. Uh, I don't think I'll have enough time to eat there, but it's a delicious steakhouse. So if you're somebody who's coming to see me in Morristown, um, you know, if you just want to really make a night of it, and, you know, I would argue that the steakhouse would be the highlight of the evening. I would only be a sort of uh, diminished follow-up, 
But uh, Ruth's Steakhouse in Morristown is very close, like walking distance uh, to the venue. And the venue is walking distance from the train stop, the New Jersey train stop. Anyway, the second follow-up soccer story, which is even funnier if you listen to um, They Stood Over My Body, which was the bonus episode. Um, and I say bonus episode, but it's in the regular feed. You can just, if you, you know, this is why it just makes sense to be a follower or a subscriber to the podcast. It's been free for a decade and, uh, you know, you can just, uh, listen to the stuff and just be notified when it comes out. I've never charged for anything on this podcast. So fun times. Um, uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. so he told me that numerous, my nephew told me numerous friends before he didn't know I had done a podcast or anything on it. But he told me numerous friends of his had changed their Instagram profile pic to the ref giving the goalie. I don't know who had the picture. Maybe a parent took it. Maybe a coach or somebody. They changed it, a pro, the profile, their profile pics to the kid getting a red card, like a picture of the ref giving the kid, the goalie, a red card. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, that is so awesome. The Instagram trolling of your like rival freshman school—that's that—that's amazing. Now, of course, this is the kind of stuff that's going to eventually lead to horrific tragedies, probably in terms of the school was taunting him, so he decided to get revenge. Um, I hope that's not the case, but I'm just saying it's a big country with a lot of stupid, crazy people who get very worked up over different things, whether it's a soccer game or social media taunting. But I do respect immensely the Seton Hall prep freshmen uh, for changing their Instagram profiles to that kid getting a red card. And my nephew, when I told him what I heard during the game, which he was unaware of, and he's going to tell his entire team, I believe, this quote. But he said, can I change my Instagram like name or quote to they stood over my body? And I said, I don't think you should do that. But I, I respect and appreciate that you want to. Um, so there, that's, that's a funny, like my nephew actually brought unknowingly gave me literally two juicy postscripts to my two so far soccer uh, uncle soccer stories. So I will have at least one more soccer story because at the very – I want to go to other games, but I have a very busy week with work and uh, trying to prepare for a special that will, um, you know, basically be my Viking funeral for comedy. Um, and I'm not just saying that because my finale is is people shooting flaming arrows into me. Um but uh, his team plays in my town uh, a week from Tuesday, so I'm definitely going to go to the walk to that game. I can't complain, can't complain if I can walk to the game. Uh, but he's got a bunch of games this week, but I don't think I can make any of them. So, uh, But I will have at least one more game, and I hope it's a fun update. I hope it's not just like, yeah, they won 4-1, nobody talked trash, nobody had a mental breakdown, there was no taunting or dramatic – supervillain speeches. It was just a bunch of 14-year-olds playing soccer games, like a like a group of chumps. So that's that. Now, um, do I have other gigs? Yes. I, you're probably all aware of the gigs I have. But I, I am going to tell you, I'm probably, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to take off uh, maybe November from this podcast um, and see how it feels. You know, I know, I know the people who listen to this have been really good and supportive and I, I do appreciate it. I hope I, I hope I never stop conveying, um, whenever I trash like shitty fans, it's, it's partly only to highlight the greatness of the, the true fans that I have. But, you know, mostly it just feels like my fan base is either dead weight or algorithmically silenced, um, but I will probably take off this podcast in November and just start to, you know, start to see how it feels to have a little more freedom and a little less emphasis of my life on comedy. And, and like I've said, most of you did not know me or know who I was or, or were aware of my comedy or ups and downs um, before 2020. But like I said, uh, I quit this podcast in 2019 and for a year the podcast was off. Because I was just, you know, getting used to trying to live life without comedy or, or with less comedy in it so that it became it could revert back to a hobby at best and maybe just eliminate it altogether. And I think I need to start that process again. Um, so 
you know, it's just, it's been a net negative and I hate to say that because I am appreciative of, of a lot of what people have said to me and, and, and paid me, <laughs> but I do, I think it's been, a, I think this, this has been a net negative experience. I don't, I don't, there's just not a lot of uh, happiness, I think for me right now in, in so many ways. And, um, comedy is one of the voluntary ways that I torture myself so I can, at least start by withdrawing from that a little bit. Um, so this is a delicate balancing act because my pride and my work will compel me to make a, as great a show as I've ever done, uh, hopefully on the 23rd. And then after that, I think on Sunday, uh, on Sunday, well, Saturday, I'm going to do something I haven't done in two years. This is how seriously this shows. I'm going, I'm going to go to confession at my old church in Manhattan. Kind of like Rocky getting a prayer before he fights Apollo. Go to confession. Clear, clear the, clean the slate with the Lord. And if this makes me sound like some cult psycho to you, so be it. Um, and then I'm going to go to Mass. And then I'm going to go to the theater. Or find a coffee shop near the theater, review my set a little bit, and then just go to the theater, maybe seven ish, seven fifteen. Hopefully Pete Dominic will be there. He's a he's a he's a calming, pleasant presence. And uh talk it over with him. Just get ready for the show, get ready to talk about what, what we're doing. And then just um my main my main thing for, for Saturday is to literally have no fear. Like none. Because I have to, I have to say some shit that I'm not maybe that uh, I'm still not super comfortable saying, and I'm still I'm still working on some of this shit to get the wording right, which is scary and frustrating. But sometimes I know this this sounds maybe you know some comedian might say, oh, okay, I could never do that. Well, you're probably a comedian that headlines forty weeks a year, does five hundred shows, gets paid six figures just to do stand up. I'm not, and I don't think I ever will be, even though I've done everything I can uh, to get in that position, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So I have to do it this way. And sometimes when I do a bit for the first time or for the third time, that's sometimes the best it ever is. Millie Vanilli on Thoughts and Prayers is, is a really good example of that. But for the most part, everything's ready to roll. And, uh, you know, go do the show, maybe have a couple of drinks after at a you know pub across the street. Um, even though I, I, part of me really doesn't want any adulation or thanks because I hate this shit and I have for a while. Um, but I want to hate, I want to end it on my terms. I want to fucking hate it on my terms and mash it into the ground with a fucking A plus recording and then say, yeah, see, there was nothing I could do to make it. And that and then then you can sort of surrender, you know, you know how alcoholics anonymous, you know, surrender to a higher power. Maybe to get over this, it's like the higher power unfortunately is mostly negative in my comedy career's case, but I can just say, yeah, I'm surrendering to the fact that it's not going to happen. And there are worse tragedies in life. There are worse things that have happened to people. In fact, Almost everything that happens is worse than not becoming a successful stand-up comedian. But that'll help me deal with it. So, um, you know, I get to do some shows out west or a show. <laughs> um, and that'll be cool. I get to do shows. I mean, this sounds weird because I'm like, by the way, come to see me in Pittsburgh and D.C. Don't worry. This is... Um, I don't know. Maybe this is a horrible selling, a horrible way to sell myself. Um because I'm going to do shows and I'm going to do them the way I always do them, which is fucking with 100% effort and integrity and like hoping to discover something new. But once the dates, you know, barring a miracle um, with the special, you know, I don't know. I might, I, you know, part of me wants to quit my job and quit comedy. But then I'm afraid that that's like, you know too drastic or whatever, but like, and then write a book. But I, you know, my mom is always telling me to write a book and I go, yeah, let me just complete my failure in comedy before I become a literary failure. And I meant that completely. I didn't, I didn't say that like to be nasty to my mom. That's exactly what I felt. 
So coming soon to a self-published, unsold bookstore near you, J.L.'s Memoirs, <laughs> as, the, uh, as the nephew of black women, that's what it'll be called. Um, you know, because that should, like, help me sell with the progressives. Um, so <laughs> as the biological, as the blood nephew of black women. You know, not through, this wasn't one of those through marriage ones. I, but uh, I don't know. This, this, I, this, is where, this is where my head's at. So I'm sure some people listening to this are like, geez, this special is going to suck. You could think that. Or you could realize that this is just me getting into the right headspace to – there have been a few times in my career where I have been in the headspace of I no longer give a fuck. I no longer have faith in this business or confidence in it. So what the fuck do I owe it? The first time that happened was the Louis C.K. viral video where I was just like, oh, oh, if I mock Louis C.K., you mean the comedy business is going to be mad at me and take away all the nothing that they've given me? Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, the second time was probably Keep My Enemies Closer, which was that same year. Um because I had to re-record. I did, I did a show at the Triad Theater. That was going to be my album recording, and I sold 27 tickets. Uh, I couldn't put it out. Like, you could, barely hear, you could barely hear people laughing even when they were laughing because I had nobody there. Um, so I re-recorded it in a tiny room, got like 25 people in a club that sat 40 people, and delivered maybe the greatest single show of my life. So... It was once again that kind of I, fuck everybody. I'm just gonna I have I don't have to be worry about anything um, because it's not nothing's gonna happen. So let's just let's just do great comedy. Uh, Thoughts and prayers was uh, I I believed was gonna be my last album. Um, didn't sell well. I think it's one A one B with keep my enemies closer. Um, but it didn't sell well. It was a double album. And I guess some people maybe didn't want to pay the 20 bucks, but I was like, I don't know. It's, I wouldn't, I would have edited the shit down if I didn't think I fucking destroyed it and crushed it that night. But I did. So I put out a double album and I thought, well, it's a double album. So I think, yeah. So I charged the price of a double album because I was just like, yeah, I think, I think I'm worth it to sound like a beauty commercial. And I guess, I mean, the Trump stuff was different because I was just bored. I didn't have an agenda. I, I did not believe anything was going to blow up for me. So that wasn't even like, I don't give a fuck. That was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not, I'm not defiantly saying I don't give a fuck. I'm just like, yeah, this is, you know, I do a good impression, I guess. So 50 people followed me from the last one. So that was, that was fun. So I'll do another one and uh, we'll see what happens. And then a lot happened. But this is, um, you know, this is a very good moment, a little nerve-wracking, but I think it's, I think overall it's, like I said last week, I think this ends happily, as unhappy as I sound. I don't see a, an unhappy ending from this. I think just going through the process is unhappy, but not, not the conclusion. This is just the toughest part where, you're, where you're, your fate is in, in the hands of how I perform and, and then what happens to the special. But once I record the special... Like I said, have a couple of drinks after, get a good night's sleep. I hope I sleep really well. I hope that's, you know, there's more stresses on me than just that. There's more shit worrying my mind. But when that's off it, I hope I get a good night's sleep. And then I'm going to go to IHOP and have some pancakes and still count my calories because I'm not done losing weight. Uh, 272 right now with a goal weight of 235 but of course I started this uh, at the end of June uh, at uh, 317 so we're doing well uh, on that so I will keep counting the calories and going to work out but that day I will definitely have a fucking stack of pancakes and uh, I don't know maybe even a milkshake what do you think folks I think I I think I will have earned it unless of course the set goes hard if the set is just like a disaster I'm like that's a piece of shit um, I'll just wake up the next morning and have eggs and blueberries and black coffee and tell myself that's all you deserve, you fucking failure. So anyway, although to most people, eggs and blueberries and black coffee still sounds like a delightful breakfast, but to me, it's every day. It's every day I live that egg, blueberry, coffee life. So um, yeah, let's get to uh, a fun night in Belmore. So 
Oh, and I got my hair cut today. I got my hair cut today, so I'm, I, it'll, be, it'll be six days grown in for the special, which I think will be a good, a good amount of growing. It'll just be a buzz cut, folks. But, um, and I may wear the, this may sound crazy, but I may wear the T-shirt I wore 15 years ago. Just a navy T-shirt. I think I can fit back into it. If I can't fit back into it, I'm not going to wear it, folks. But I, th- I, I think it's the navy shirt I wore for uh, Racial Chameleon. That'd be pretty fun and weird. Um, you know, just bookend, bookends. The, the navy T-shirt bookend. But uh, so uh, I had a show. I was headlining uh, the brokerage in Belmore, Long Island on Friday and um, 8 p.m. show. So I said, OK, I can get the 4.36. The 4, was it the 4.36? Yeah, there's a 4.36 train. But I was running a little late and I said, well, there's a 4.53. The 4.53, I can still get to Penn Station and either have a half hour to grab something decent to eat before the 6.10 to Belmore or I can get on the 540 to Belmore and then have like 45 to 50 minutes in Long Island to just eat something decent and then uh, go um, to the show. So I don't get the 436. I say, okay, the 453 works because the next train after that is a 523 or 527. 527. And I say, okay, well, I'll get the 453. 527 is kind of close because then if there's any fuck-ups, I might actually miss the 610 train. So – Get to the 453. It's 453. It's not here. It's 457 and it's not here. Five o'clock it shows up. And it's a connecting train. That's the problem. It's not a direct train. It's a connecting train. And New Jersey Transit, one thing they don't do is wait for connecting trains. They're like, no, fuck fuck you. Uh, uh, go attack your conductor or whatever. But it's not our fault. We're waiting nine, we're waiting nine seconds and then we're going to fucking pull out. So I get to Newark Broad Street, which is the transfer station to get the train to New York Penn Station, and um, there's no train connecting, so it didn't wait for us. So guess what the wait time is at Newark Broad? That's right. You have to wait 27 minutes for that next train to show up, the one that was coming from the direct train that was coming to my stop in in Bloomfield. I have to wait for that one. There's no more connecting trains anywhere coming through, so I could have just spent another half hour with Cookie watching TV and just gotten the next train. So I get to Penn Station. I have like a, a, a good six minutes uh, to make it, you know, the equivalent of two and a half blocks to get to the train track uh, for the Long Island Railroad. Get there, get in my seat, sitting next to a, a woman and her dog and then a big woman with like turquoise hair who's got five bags and her seat, feet up on the seats So I just sneak into one of those seats, and I'm uh, reviewing my set, and we get to Belmore, Long Island, and it's uh, it's a 7.10 when we get to Belmore, Long Island, so I'm walking. It's a 10-minute walk from the train to the club, so I get to the club about 7.25, and uh, I'm like, shit, not enough time. So instead, I go to Dunkin' Donuts. Now, part of me is like, "Mm, maybe I get like some sausage egg biscuit and and a coffee or a water, but then I see that they have glazed sticks guys they have glazed sticks so i say let me get a water and a glazed stick please put one of those girthy beige sugary cum dried covered donuts in my in my mouth before this show and she goes i'll give you two and i don't want to refuse it but i've got i've got a i've got what do i have i have 1200 calories to play with i had a great a long workout and ate barely anything that day cuz i wanted to at least leave room for like maybe some bar food if that's all i could get so i'm sitting there with 1200 calories now a glazed stick is 380 deep throat calories per so now i'm double fisting okay I'm I'm doing the Mike Pence dance with glazed sticks, if everybody remembers my quasi-viral video of the Trump dance breakdown. And I go, Christ, that's like 760 of my calories just gone. Fuck. But they were delicious. They were delicious. I'm just kidding. I only had one. Okay, joke over. I had one. I put one in the bag for the train ride home. Well, let's be honest. I wouldn't eat on the train because of the rat mask rules. But, you know, for platform eating, which does occur, spoiler, it does occur later. I do eat a a glazed stick on a platform. And then a cop said to me, get off your knees and stop sucking that glazed stick. (laughs) 
Um, that would be fu- that would be funny if I was like a Sasha Baron Cohen type, right? Like I just start start like blowing a glazed stick on a train platform. Anyway, um, so I enter the club, and the con- you know feature and opener are there, and uh, the owner of the the club is there. And they're just having a nice chat. He goes, what do you want from the bar, Jail? And I go, oh, let me get some. I just said, let me get some chicken tenders and no fries or anything. So chicken tenders were decent. I put those calories in. And that was like 390 calories. So like I got like 70 calories left, it, Like assuming I eat the other donut. So I go, well, I'm definitely going to eat the other donut later. So I guess I can't eat anything the rest of the night. So. Uh, I do, I, I go up, I look out into the crowd. Now I have, I have, uh, friends show up. I have fans show up and I gotta say, if they, any of them are listening to this, thank you so much. You were, you were a really good crowd. Like it was, it was a very enjoyable and, and useful show. Like I had fun, but it was also useful for, uh, preparing for half blackface. And, but it was a small crowd as usual. Um, it was a small crowd, even though I got a Friday night, you know, nobody, nobody comes out. Nobody, no, for me, I'm not saying, Oh, I don't, I don't believe the nobody's coming. No, I'm, I'm doing poorly, um, with my standup career. Um, but, uh, the people who came out were, were really great. And, um, you know, the, uh, it was, it was like legitimately, I, I, I had fun. Um, you know, like when I'm on stage, that's why I'm I'm fine doing shows. It's it's when I talk about comedy. That's that's why I always hate when when friends of mine would bring up randomly at bars um, that I oh he's a stand up comedian. I go I don't want to talk about that. Like a either they're gonna think I'm a fucking loser because they don't know who I am. So who gives a shit? Or they're gonna be like curious. And I'm very bad at lying about stand up comedy. Like if you get me doing stand up comedy, you will laugh. If you get me talking about stand up comedy. I will tell you how fucking awful it is. God help you if you mention that your favorite comedian is like some trite or hack piece of shit. Like I can't fake. Like if you tell me like so-and-so is your favorite comedian, I think they're like famous or not. If I think they're like a mediocrity, I'm not going to go, oh, yeah, there you go. I'm going to go, ugh, all right, well, good for you. Um, So small crowd. Um, and after the show, I, I caught the, uh, like the, the, uh, a woman sitting up close and I caught her early in the show and I was like, my God, where do I know that? Like, I was like, I know that woman. And it was like, were you a teacher of mine? Like, and this is happening. I'm sure I'm getting like, you know, just diminished brain capacity, but I was like, oh my God, were you a te- Sunday school teacher or, or, or high school teacher? Where, where, and comes up to me after the show and she goes, do you remember who I am? And I go, uh, Riverdale. And she's like, no. And I go, St. Gabe's meaning like my Sunday school. She's like, and she tells me, and I'm like, Oh my God, of course. And as I'm hearing her speak, I was like, it was like, but it's so, I hate that. I hate because I feel like I'm, I'm insulting you, but I'm like literally just having a brain fart. And it was like, it was the woman who hired me at the Bronx DA's office. I'm not saying her name just because I'm not trying to put her name out there. But, and I was like, of course, like as soon as she said, it, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, of course. Like I couldn't, I couldn't act disappointed enough in myself because I was just like, I'm sorry. Like it's been, obviously it's been 16, uh, 15 years since I last heard or saw you. But it was literally like, I looked over like five times during the show. and was like, I, God, figure out who, and, and as soon as she said, it, I was like, good God, what an asshole I am. But that's, it was nice. It's like, it's a weird thing. It's like a, this, every show I do is like a, this is your life. There's somebody from like my past who shows up, there's fans, but it's just, I can't, I can't get the critical mass. And I don't know, I, Boston and DC were like my first batch of shows. And I guess those just gave me false hope. So thank you to the DC and Boston people. But like, I, that raised my expectations like, oh shit, well in cities that I'm either from or like do well in, I guess I'm going to fucking crush it. And I'm not, I'm not crushing shit. Um, and so be it. But, um, that was just the first part of the story. So, uh, for Belmore Lounge. So I get out there, uh, get my, get my pay and I'm talking with my a friend from work and uh, he brought a bunch of his friends. They're, they're real fans and it's, it's very cool. Um, 
and I, I met a, a longtime fan, a fan who told me she was a fan, uh, like, you know, way before 2020. And she, she got like some of her friends to like watch my stuff and they were at the show and that, that's beautiful. Other friend, other, a, a, a fan offered me a ride back to Jersey. They were like, we're going near Bloomfield. I was like, get the fuck out of here. But the problem is the last time I was in Long Island, when friends showed up and I was opening for Roy Wood, I had to run and catch a train and I felt bad. You know, I felt bad that I was like, oh, I gotta, like, I, I gotta go. I'm, if I can't get home if I don't catch this last train. Um, but I said I'm gonna hang out tonight because it's one show and I should be able to make the train easy and blah blah blah. So I'm hanging out with, with uh, my my friend and his friends, have a nice time shooting the shit, joking. Friend is buys around, and then I look at the watch and I go, okay, it's fucking like 10:35. Eh, fuck it, I'll get. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll I'll. Uh, or whatever time it was. It was like 10.40. I got, I skipped the 10.45 train. I'll get the next one. The next train was 11.50. Now, 11.50 train will not get to New York Penn Station in time for the last train to Bloomfield. So I go, shit. But, you know, I feel like I'm doing my, my goodness as a friend and as somebody showing appreciation to some fans who showed up by hanging out. It's I don't need a medal for it. I, I wanted to do it, but it's also... You know, I don't want to be the guy who's just like, thanks, thanks for coming out. Okay, I got to run. Like, I know, I like talking to people, and sometimes people like talking to me. So I, I say, okay, I got to get out of here, guys. You wrap it up, get to another bar, because I know the owner wants to close up. So thank you so much for coming. Bye, 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 everybody. Awesome time. Had a great, had a fun show. Felt really good about the show. Obviously wish 100 more people had showed up, but so be it. Great. Thank you. Good night. So I walk to the train station. I say, should I just get the 11.50 and then I'll find a way home? But I was like, I don't know when the last train out of New York Penn to Jersey period is. Because I'm thinking, I'll go to Newark Penn Station or, uh, you know, and, and catch a cab from there. But I say, you know what? Let me just, I, may, I made money. Why don't we just immediately spend it? And I order a lift to go to Jamaica, Queens, which is the hub, like the Long Island Railroad hub. Every train on Long Island Railroad stops at Jamaica sta Jamaica Station. So like, in other words, there's trains coming in like every 10 to 12 minutes because all the train lines hit. So even on a Friday, late Friday night, when it's maybe not a lot of trains, every single train from every branch is hitting through Jamaica. So I go, let me get, let me get a cab, go to Jamaica. So this woman picks me up in her nice like BMW SUV and we're, we're going and we're we're making good time, and I go okay. This this should be good. This should be good. Then we hit like Jamaica, like a little before Jamaica Queens, and man, we run into some guy who was either trying to do a drive by or was just so high he couldn't drive faster than like ten miles per hour. And this continues for like twenty five blocks. And even the nice lady driver I had was like, "What is wrong with this guy?" I mean, she had the Christian radio on, just like my. Well, first she had next. The group Next, which play, you know, their their big song was the Boner song, uh, "Too Close" from uh, I want to say '99 or 2000. Big, big song, probably '99. Big song, uh, turn of the century uh, in college on college campuses. Good for grinding uh, on on dance floors, but it's the song about uh, grinding and getting a hard on while you're grinding with a woman on a dance floor. It's a very simple song, but it's uh it's it's a fun one. It's a it's a fun pre Me Too song. And uh, we stand with Robin Thicke on this podcast, by the way. Anyway, uh, just kidding. If that ever becomes uh, more problematic than it already is, uh, I renounce that statement that I just made. But if it doesn't, I stand by it. Um, still my song of the summer, to be honest. My, I have three songs of the summer for my lifetime. Nelly's Hot in Here, which had a long run. Uh, then Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. And then Cool for the Summer by Demi Lovato, which only had like a one-year run. And then uh, Robin Thicke took back the title. Um, but anyway... Um, so I'm in the cab and I'm going, Oh God, come on, come on. So she drops me off the Long Island Railroad and I look and I go, it's 12, it's midnight. And I go, yeah, but I'm not that far. I just need a fucking train to come quick. And I'm like, boom, 1209. That'll work. 1209 should be just enough time. Well, the 1209 was three minutes late. And when you're, you know, living a Jack Bauer episode of, uh, like, comedy depression version like uh, like a comedy depression reboot of 24 three minutes is gonna really fuck up your entire timing so get on the train and we're going and we're going i go it just is it really this long a ride 
Well, guess what? I arrive in New Newark, Penn State, New York, excuse me, New York, Penn Station at 12:34 for the 12:34. So needless to say, I did not make it because I could not transport myself 19 platforms away in an instant. So, I'm standing upstairs and I'm waiting for the uh Next train to New, and there's a train going to Newark Broad Street, which is the slightly closer station to where I live than the Newark Penn Station. So I say, okay. And I'm just like, you know, I had one beer with my friends, and uh, I'm just like looking around and going, feeling like an old man. And I'm just like, oh, look at those happy couples, and look at everybody just having a happy Friday night. Like, probably just came in from a show or a party with friends, and now you're going to get on a New Jersey transit, probably not wear a mask because you're Jersey scum. And then you're going to go home and, and fuck and say, ah, life is great, isn't it? We're just, we're just fucking idiots in Jersey. We party. Not a care in the world. We're not that fucking weird tall guy carrying a tripod for some reason that we saw tonight in Newark Penn, in New York Penn Station. So then the train arrives, the 1253, and I get on it. And then we make it uh, to Newark Broad Street. And I get out, and it's uh, whatever. 105, 110, and I'm just standing underneath train tracks in Newark, New Jersey, alone, just legitimately saying, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck has come of my life? I just spent, I just spent almost a quarter of my earnings, of my disappointed earnings on a cab didn't even get the job done. It didn't. I could have taken the 1150. This is the bitter pill. I could have taken the Lyle Island Railroad at 1150 and arrived at Penn Station with eight minutes before the train I actually got on. So I didn't have to spend a single dollar on that cab that was supposed to get me to Jamaica just in time to make New York Penn Station. So I'm sitting here having literally just burned, eh, let's say a fifth. I just burned a, literally, it was a fifth. So perfect, perfect. Nailed it, did the math in my head. One fifth of my earnings that night, I literally just wiped my ass with and then ate it just just to fucking get get an extra fucking shaming. I I ATM'd the money I got from an ATM. How about that? (laughs) God, if people made it this far, you just got a gem. And I'm... Um, I'm, I'm standing on a street in Newark, just like, what, what, what happened? What I'm, I'm in this desolate part of town and I'm checking and my bus isn't coming. The bus lines, the three bus lines that come near my apartment, they're done for the night. So I say, well, let me order a cab. Why not? So now we're going to end up spending one fourth total of my money on cabs. When I could have just gotten to this point without the first cab and saved, you know, what's a twenty a twenty dollar cab ride? There's no shame in that on after a night of working late, but there is a shame in sixty five dollars in cabs when forty five dollars of the cab money is comp- literally served no purpose except I couldn't read in the cab. I could have at least gotten some good reading time and saved money. So I'm standing underneath train tracks in Newark, New Jersey, at one twenty a.m just waiting for someone to drive by and, and shoot me and end it all. And so I order a cab and he shows up and I get a, a, a thing that says he is hearing impaired. And I go, well, then, you know, see, there's always something that you go, well, you know what? This guy is driving around uh, downtown Newark, earning his keep with his hearing aid in. Good for him. All right. Just get me home, sir. And we'll be fine. And for some reason, this man who had a hearing device in his ear was blasting trap music. The entire, you know, mumble rap was blaring for not, well, not loud. Like I'm, I'm not trying to make a hearing joke. I mean, I'm making a hearing joke, but not like a, like a, a volume joke, but yeah, he uh, was just bla- blasting because I didn't like it, but it was on at a normal car volume. But I'm like, of all the things you're going to do with your limited hearing, you're going to, you're going to play when I come to it. Hina, winner, winner, driving around Newark with a comic who's fucking up his life. And we trying to get back to Bloomfield, right? Hey! When we taking him and his tripod and his unsold merch, trying to get 
to Jersey and Ben get to church because he's doing all his praying. Hope his life doesn't fuck up. But I can't hear him complain. But I told him, shut the fuck up. Uh, anyway, that that's, you know, if my cab driver were a hearing impaired uh, uh, mumble rap star. So I'm just in my, I'm already, see, I can't turn off the joke writing because I was just in my head in this cab going, you're going to spend your limited hearing on this music? <laughs> so uh, I arrive home. I walk into my apartment at 2 a.m. Cookie greets me. Uh, I put my stuff away, crawl into bed, fall asleep for four and a half hours, and wake up. And I just, uh, I felt a little better, but I just thought to myself, it's not, it's not happening, it's not working, and it's not worth it. Um, and that's nothing, it's so difficult for me to say that because I am, I am so conflicted because I am so fucking grateful for fans and for the experience and to have even whether it be a hundred people or, or nine people or somewhere in between, when they come up to me and say, whether it's I've loved your stuff for a while or, oh, I've been hoping you'd come back here or, oh, you made my 2020 better. And, and because they are, they're not just saying it, they're out there with their money and their time. And it, it is deeply meaningful. So I, I, but I, I, I got to be about me when it comes to this shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, I can't keep doing these shows where I fucking have like, it's a business. It's a business for the club, but it's a business for me. And if, if, if I have to declare bankruptcy, moral and spiritual bankruptcy, chapter, chapter 11 in the good book, <laughs> that's it. moral and spiritual bankruptcy. I will now call that chapter 11 in the good book. Um, then, then I got to do that. No matter how good it feels to make other people feel good, it's, it's, this isn't, I am not the Jesus Christ of comedy. I'm not, I am not doing comedy and suffering for, uh, to cleanse your sins. Uh, sorry, but, um, but it's tough because it, it means a lot to have fans and it means a lot to have support. And it really is better late than never. And it's, it's validating. It's validating for my experience. It's validating for my effort, but that can only go so far if I'm not succeeding at the business. And if the business is shut off to me in terms of representation, and if the business is shut off to me in terms of social media reach that I, you know, no longer really have compared to what, what I had, uh, you know, then, then that's, that's it. Um, you know, and these gigs, it's like they keep getting worse. Like I know they're funny because I'm thinking to myself, well, sharing this will, will make people laugh. But it's torture now. You go into a gig and it's like I'm the, – the proudest thing I am of, of myself is that I, I enter – I have entered every club for the last month hugely despondent and depressed because I don't have a, a numerically – good crowd. And then I watch the tape and I'm like, I get in the zone. I, I, I fucking deliver. And I'm proud of that because it's like, obviously I'm, I'm good enough. And I've, 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 I've built my comedic spine strong enough that I can go out there and really just fucking deliver the goods when, when it, when it's maybe not an inspiring environment. Um, and that, that's tough to walk away from too. Cause you, you, you look at, I look at my work and I look at what I, what I can do and I go, man, it's going to be tough to walk away because it's, I'm like, I can really do it, but I can also be a fucking miserable, depressed person who's unpleasant, uh, to be around, uh, for friends and for loved ones. And it's, you know, that's not cool either. And those are the people who, if, if, if there's one group of people that matter more than fans, it's friends and loved ones, you know? So, uh, we'll see in the words of Donald Trump, we'll see what happens, but, um, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. This is what this podcast is. I, I, it's up and down. I delivered some very good laughs, uh, but also, you guys are following my career and following my comedy and, uh, you know, you, 
I appreciate it. But you also, you get the, you know, instead of a Patreon from me, you just get the uh, unvarnished truth from me. So I hope that's as good as bonus content. So that's it for me. I got an hour to eat some dinner. I won't get to the gym because I rambled on longer than I expected. So I'll just go uh, have a sandwich and a glass of water and do some making podcasts great again and then watch 60 Minutes and uh, go to sleep. So thank you for listening. Um, I'll put this up Monday. Why not, guys? It's uh, it's a big week. I won't make you wait for this depressing as fuck talk. Um, but I I should end if you were if you, to my real fans who it's, that's who I really consider the listeners of this podcast. I really do thank you and appreciate you. And if this if this ends up being like the beginning of the end of my comedy journey uh, and you've been with me for years, or you've been with me for months, uh, I do appreciate it all. I appreciate that you gave a fuck beyond some funny voices. Um, and I hope I have delivered material and effort worthy of your uh, support. Um, so thank you. Have a great week. Uh, I will report back to you next week uh, to everybody who's going to be at the show. Uh, I I look forward to giving um, the greatest effort of my fucking comedy life. And hopefully that effort yields the best work of my comedy life. And then it's out of my hands. Then we see what what can happen with it. So thank you uh, for listening. Have a great week. Uh, Stay safe. Get vaccinated if you're not. Get a booster if you're eligible. Um, And I will see you next Tuesday. Yeah.